Hello there. This is the ghost of Sterling Holloway reminding you to be a better person and have an easier. And also keep listening to this podcast because it is my favoritest podcast that I've ever seen. Oh, bother. By that I mean heard. It's kind of confusing sometimes. See, I'm a very little brain. I've also decided to go with one of my classic characters as a bitch rather than continuing the ghost. This is a train wreck. Someone, someone, please help. Oh, God. Oh, motherfucker. Thank you, Sterling. I want to thank all of you for listening. Um, this week's episode is Emily Gresbrink. We're obviously going to talk about that. Um, please go to the Patreon um, if you are so inclined. Also, um, I've been f- neglecting to do this. Please go on to iTunes, rate, and subscribe. It helps me with my ratings numbers. Maybe it gets me a sponsor for the show someday. I dreamed a dream where I don't have to pay everything. That sort of thing. Um, but uh, Emily's a good friend of mine. And she's not a bullfrog. Um, but she is a good friend of mine. And I hope you enjoy the show. So this is it's, it's exciting for me because it's like the first Skype interview, and if this can if this works out, I'm gonna be able to like do interview more people than I thought. So like I'll hit up people back home. But anyway, hi, you're Emily. You're hey. Emily Gresbrink. Yeah. What's okay. up? What's up? <laughs> uh, this is gonna be this fun. Is good. Yeah. <laughs> Already crushing it. So uh, you and I lived together when we were in Minnesota, which is where you're from, right? Yep. Well, okay. actually, you know what? Okay, my story. Okay. Okay, do it. It was never easy for me. I was born a poor black child. And I remember <laughs> the days sitting on the porch with my family singing and dancing down in Mississippi. So you're from <laughs> Mississippi. Yeah, I have a third grade education. <laughs> you, just, now, you just lost like half your viewership. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, no. the half of my viewership that doesn't understand the reference does not deserve to listen to this thing. That's correct. <laughs> yeah. Also, I feel like knowing the people that I attract, everyone's like, oh, yeah, you're going to do a Steve Martin, but are you going to get actually to the talking about the real thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? Right. But anyway, um, but you were actually like you're a born and bred Minnesotan, right? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay. That's, where were you born? <laughs> well, okay. I was born in Mankato, Minnesota. Um, some people, right? Some people know that as the place where Laura Ingalls Wilder saw her doctor on the TV show. Mm-hmm. Some people know it as the. I'm not even. I feel so bad for laughing at this. I mean, I'm not laughing because it's very tragic and awkward. But when things are awkward for me, I laugh. But it's also the site of the largest mass execution in U.S. history. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Didn't the Mayo brothers have something to do with that directly? Or is that the largest lynching? Am I getting that confused? That was the largest mass execution of Native Americans in the United States. Oh, damn. That was us? Yep, that was Mankato. What do you know? Oh, shit. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. (laughs) It's also where the Minnesota Vikings... Put it lightly. Oh, right. It's also where the Minnesota Vikings pretend to train every season. (laughs) told you the story about like i was working at a cafe and i was like oh i'm from minnesota oh and then like we kind of talk about minnesota and the guy he's a regular he's like okay i gotta get back to work i'll see you tomorrow and he goes to the door and he stops and he turns real dramatic like and he goes man can i ask you something I'm like shit 
Yeah? What's up? The fuck's wrong with your football team, man? <laughs> it's totally true. <laughs> I don't know. I was just like, I don't know. Since Moss left, I just, I, I, I try to ignore it. Yeah. But anyway. I do too. <laughs> so. yeah, pretty much. But okay, so Mankato. Yeah. Um, and you're still living in Minnesota now. You're in um, Rochester now, right? Yes, I am. I am nope. living my life here for now. Mm -hmm. I'm working on getting out of here. But for whatever circumstances there are, I am here. I'm making the best of this situation. <laughs> so That's good. That's always a good attitude to have. Yeah, I try. I try to make up for my awful soul by having a good <laughs> attitude. <laughs> Sorry, just that concept was... um. Very funny. He's like, oh, my soul is so shitty. But my attitude, though. Oh, yeah, I got, um, a, I got, I got yeah. a shitty personality, a shitty soul, but man, am I optimistic. Huzzah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Rename your podcast to the Tristan Laughs at Everything Emily Says for the next hour. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, dear. <laughs> I missed this. I forgot this, you know, quipping back and forth. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, it's good to have someone witty back in my life. I don't have a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, John. That's <laughs> oh my god. I'm single now, everyone, just because I said that. <laughs> no, no, in my mind, because I know you, I just for a second assumed you were talking about John Arbuckle. Oh, no. <laughs> and then it was like, oh no, this is a real person she's talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I didn't make him up. Good. Yeah. It's um, real, real is he person. Canadian? Is he Canadian? Yeah, what? is your boyfriend from, from Canada? Your boyfriend that lives in Canada? Oh, mm -hmm. no. <laughs> that was like a roundabout, like, airport concourse way of getting to that joke. Anyway. I, I know. I was like, are we going to, like, concourse 2004 Avenue Q? Is that what's happening right now? Yeah, I think it absolutely. is. Yeah, it's, it's gate Q. We're flying out. Ah, I um, see. Yeah. Um, but let me think for five. I should have, like prepared a little bit i always think that i like i should should have prepared more but then i'm also like that's okay i know all these people i'm just talking to them right oh. i'm just yeah, when did, you're fine continue yeah when do you uh when did you start like doing arts and acting and stuff because that was your major mo and you're also a writer you have like a journalism degree right yeah and stuff i sorry I, i'm so bad at interrupting but i'm just gonna talk because that's the point yes yeah <laughs> do it do it um yeah, this is about you so Oh my gosh. Wow. What a self-esteem boost today. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. No. Um, in all seriousness, I've been surrounded by art my whole life. I mean, there wasn't a time I remember not being into it or being around it. Mm -hmm. I personally started acting when I was probably like seven or eight. I remember I tried gymnastics for about two hours and I hated it. So that was the end of that. And I was I was in a choir for a year, but I didn't really like that. So then one day my mom was like, I signed you up for radio drama with your brother. I'm like, oh my oh. God. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll go. I'm like eight years old. And oh my gosh, it was like the most fun thing I had ever done in my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the end of it. I have to do this. And then, gosh, probably till I was maybe like 18 or 19, I was pretty much on stage all the time year round there just wasn't a break and that's not a bad thing like I really enjoyed it it helped me mm -hmm. build a lot of confidence it helped me learn how to kind of be funny and have sort of okay <laughs> timing and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. so you and you met me so yeah that yeah I guess that too that's all right no complaint <laughs> <laughs> boo um boo and or hiss <laughs> right 
And mm -hmm. another one I was really into was, and I think a lot of people don't see this as an art form, is public speaking. Mm -hmm. I was a competitive speaker for a long, long time, and I coached and judged as well. And that kind of got me into writing, kind of, because okay. I never... Um, when I tried to do other people's writings as speech performances, I was not very good, but <laughs> but when it was my own words, I kind of felt as though, oh my gosh, this is me really convincing somebody, or this is me entertaining somebody, so that kind mm -hmm. of gave me confidence in my writing. And then for mm -hmm. the last the last few years, I've just been pretty much straight writing. I'm kind of on hiatus from acting at the moment, just mostly because of my work schedule, because I work second shift all the time and that's like that rehearsal time so but yeah. yeah I mean writing kind of that's my main art form yeah. like you said I have a journalism degree so technical stuff but I also like writing kind of my own creative stuff like stand-up yeah. routines and late night Did you do any uh poems I wish I could say I wrote poetry but I don't because okay. I I don't really understand how it works <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Like, the only poetry I can turn out is kind of like Dr. Seuss sound and shit, but I don't feel like that's something I, should, I would want to put my name with. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but... You should definitely combine the stand-up with the Dr. Seuss shit, because I feel like that's a potent combination. That's a potent... Potent. <laughs> yeah, like, mmm. I would eat that up for oh, breakfast my. every day. Right, but... No, I'm Tastes more of a... Flash fiction, like really short stories kind of thing, because sure. I don't have the attention span to sit down and write like um, Nano Rimo. I can't. Yeah. Like I tried like so many times, I can't do it. But no, I mm -hmm. just, like. I also kind of like writing academic papers for fun, which sounds kind of mm -hmm. weird, but I do. <laughs> I like reading and researching, so yeah, mostly a writer. Makes sense. Performer yeah, too um, at heart. <laughs> feel like there should be more like as much as you're like uh you know we, it's kind of weird that i like academic papers i feel like there's a lot of merit to that because people who do enjoy that need to do it because it's so forced on so many people that are like oh i just don't give a shit about this research that i'm doing and right and it helps too when you're writing about something you really like like if you're mm -hmm. doing say like general ed classes like very beginning undergrad level and they're like write a 10 page paper on mesopotamian agriculture and you're like what the fuck is this i don't care about that but <laughs> sorry to the people that do i'm really sorry that's super offensive it's a great thing but <laughs> i mean it's not it's not great because like i'm assuming it's not current so it can't be that great if we're not using it anymore i don't know but, but anyway but if you're writing about something like i really enjoy writing about film that's mm. something i want to go into someday is like film history film criticism like that so if, if I get the chance to, like, write about a movie for 20 pages, oh, my God, yeah, I'll talk about movies for 20 pages on paper. That's, like, fun right. for me. If I ever need a review, I'll let you know. Didn't you just grab a, a nab a job at the Daily Planet a couple of months ago? Um, I'm a contributor for them. Like, I've done one story so far, but yes, you're right, so. Okay, but I well, that's good. kind of haven't really heard back from them yet, so. Okay. <laughs> I think, I think they're busy with other stuff. Fair enough, fair enough. I was very jealous of that whenever I moved to Minneapolis. I was like, I'll get a, a job there. And it's like, no, of course not. Like, it's one of those things of, I feel like as an actor, I think every other job market isn't as competitive as mine. And that oh, is just Oh, I totally agree. True. Well, no, actually, I, yeah, well, no, shut up, Emily. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Tristan's right. Can you believe it? <laughs> Holy shit, she finally said it. Um, it but yeah. like 10 years. Uh, <laughs> Not going to cut that out. Going to bring attention to the fact that I just did something weird with my mouth hole, though. Bing-a-da-bing-a-da-bing-a-da-bing-a-bing. But 
So since Who are you? Were, I don't. Why are you I, calling me? <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> the number you have reached is no longer in service. Um, growing up with your with art and stuff in the house. So, what, does it come from your parents? Did your parents like do writing? Are they writers, actors, producers, dramatists, um, harpsichord players? Um, I God, I wish I could say my father was a harpsichord player, but unfortunately he's not. No. Uh, um, my mom was very much like I was. She was into drama and public speaking all mm -hmm. through middle school and high school. And she actually has an undergraduate degree in, I believe it's theater and speech teaching, something like that. So, huh. yeah. And she was, you know, the more you know. Um, mm -hmm. And, I mean, my dad is, well, he says he's not. He's lying. Um, <laughs> my dad is a cartoonist on the side. Like he draws pictures. Oh yeah. I know. So yeah. So in that sense, I was always surrounded by art. And my brother and I were in band. We were into music kind of stuff. So you forget about that, right? But well, I don't. It's not like I forget. It's just like every time you mention it, a wave washes over me. I'm just like remembering high school. A lot of high school I've put into a box. By the way, right. uh, for people listening, Emily and I have known each other for like uh, ten years now, like yeah. since high school. So. Yeah, 2005. Yeah, so fucking ridiculous. Forever. Oh my god, Ugh, I'm so yeah. old. <laughs> Past the Werther's toffees, dude. <laughs> old shit now. Um, but yeah, no, I've always, I've always been surrounded by art and I mean, some people are like, Oh, why weren't you surrounded by science? I just wasn't, there's nothing wrong about that. It's just, yeah, no. art's just always been important. Like we read books, we went to plays. My mom took us to operas. Ooh. So, I mean, I was like 20 when that happened, so I shouldn't make it sound like it was like six <laughs> when I was there, but... My my mom did take us to operas when we were like eight or nine. Like I remember seeing Marriage of Figaro. I think when I was like not Marriage uh, Barbara Seville. Sorry, uh, when um, I saw both, but uh, one Barbara Seville is my favorite, and it it was definitely like oh shit, this is art form is actually really enjoyable when it's done. You know in, what else? You know what else is enjoyable book. about what? the Barbara Seville, the Bugs Bunny version? Uh, yeah, I was like, that's the other reason I loved it the most. You're so next. Oh my god, I um, love that. That's one of my favorite animated shorts. It's just hilarious. It's just so oh, perfect. It's there's just, nothing wrong with it. It, I mean, it's highly considered to be one of the best ever made, and I have absolutely no disagreement with that <laughs> comment at all. Yeah. And you're a big animation person as well, and I assume that you get that from your dad, yeah? Yes. Um, yeah. That's kind of what I want to go into someday, is more like animation history. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it sounds kind of questionable to be like, I want to watch cartoons and write about them for a living, but I really do, so... <laughs> yeah, um, this... yeah, that does come from my dad, because he used to show me a lot of his favorite movies and his favorite comic strips and whatnot, and that mm -hmm. kind of rubbed off onto me. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we have differing tastes, for the most part, he'd be... <laughs> I remember, like, I'd watch something on, like, Nickelodeon, and he'd be like, it's so shittily drawn. Like, he'd just be so <laughs> judgmental of it. And then I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, that is shitty. <laughs> so That's fair. It is this thing as well of, like, you kind of touched on, it sounds like a dumb idea to sit down and watch cartoons and write about them for a living. And But it is this thing, of, and I think one of the major problems with our capitalist society is there's no emphasis placed on academia really and like just archiving and like there used to be a job where you just observe shit and write it down so people knew about it whereas that's all kind of in a weird way it's kind of gone into the hands of the people what with the advent of social media and so forth but that's not archiving it well right so 
It's like citizen um, journalism has its place. It's very, very important in its own right. Mm-hmm. But when we're coming to... Hold on, I lost my train of thought. When we're coming okay. to looking at long-term preservation of things, I think that the professional route is the more efficient way to do that. Mm-hmm. I think people who are professionally trained to write and archive and preserve are going to be the ones that have holding power. I think yeah. citizen journalism and blogging and <coughs> podcasting is <laughs> more immediate. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need nowadays in the society. A lot of people look for immediate gratification. Yeah. So like amateur video of a burning building or somebody saving a cat from a tree is going to have more. Um, I can't think of what, what's the adverb for viral <laughs> virality, something like that. It's, it's going to go viral faster with mm-hmm. that instant gratification. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's my, that's my two cents. So too long. Didn't read. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that a colloquialism? I don't know. Um, I don't know. TLDR. Uh, <laughs> I can't keep up. Oh no, I've got, I'm gonna be an old man for okay. five minutes here. That's fine. Which is the thing of like I've always been comfortable being an old person around you because I feel like it was what was it Vern and what were the alternate personas became when we were living together? Oh, it was like shit. Vernon and it wasn't Shirley, but it was some Marjorie, wasn't it? No, no, that's, that's your my actual, mother. That's, my, my mother. that's actually your mother's that name. That is actually my was, mother. But I, I, I can't remember. But anyway, I, I recently, I recently, I'm going to put on a voice too. I recently became acquainted with a bunch of 20-year-olds because they work with me at the, the bar I work at. And so we started communicating um, using, like, text messaging and stuff. Sure. And they just do it so differently. And I just, like, I don't know what this means. And they'll use, like, acronyms. I'm like, can you tell me what that is? Oh, I yeah. don't know. And, like, apparently, I, I use, like... As much as I can, as competent as I am at it, I'll use, like, for full punctuation and grammar when I'm texting. Like, mm-hmm. I'll, I I know how to use a semicolon, and I fling it out there. Good. Good for you. Whereas they were like, that's weird. It makes you seem cold and distant. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. And I brought this up, and it's an age thing. Because, like, they're, they're like, yes. And then I asked my cast, they're like, if someone doesn't use proper punctuation, I don't talk to them. <laughs> I, I know it's it's hard. It's hard to talk to somebody who can't spell, who can't form proper sentences, and who can't express ideas in a coherent way. Like that's mm-hmm. I, I I mean, it's, I know people like you kind of can't spell, but I forgive you for that because you have good grammar. I also have dyslexia, so I think I'm allowed. Oh so. fuck! I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> God. Yeah, it's fine. No, I'm, I'm really bad at spelling, and it's not like a, something I'm ashamed of. It's like I will, I have to. Okay, my phone has now started capitalizing the way I misspell friend because it thinks oh. it's a name now. Oh, because I've done it so often. <laughs> That's oh well. Yeah, it's fine. But yeah, uh, it is this. Ugh, I don't even remember how we got there, but it is like this thing of I think it, archiving is very important, and I think we don't we don't do it well enough, and mm-hmm. we should get on that better. I don't totally. know. Like, um. So, throughout this, um, we've, we've been like, you, you've a couple times been like, oh, I need to stop my train of thought, I like it, and that sort of thing. And that, um, this is me transitioning into, sure. hey, you're, me- you're mentally ill, how's that? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Emily, and I'm, I'm mentally ill. <laughs> yes, very much so. Um, and is it like, and it's mostly an anxiety thing from my understanding, yeah? Yep, um... Yeah, um, anxiety is probably the dominant thing for me, and <laughs> believe it or not, a lot of people I tell, okay, hold on, rewind, rewind, okay, so, yep, so quick background on 
my mental health. Um, probably my worst anxiety started in, like, 2010-ish, like, mm-hmm. when I was in school. Um, I actually developed pretty bad panic disorder, like, to the point where I was kind of afraid to leave my room kind of panic disorder. Like, it, it yep. sucks. I, I don't need to explain it. Just speak to somebody who has panic attacks or just Google it. Like, it's terrible. But a lot of people thought and still think that I, I'm making it up because huh. I do stand-up, because I'm a public speaker, because I'm an actor. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been the hardest part for me because, I mean, it is there, but the thing with my artwork and my art forms is that I know I'm good at it, and that's why mm-hmm. I'm not anxious about it. For me, my anxiety comes in situations that I'm not comfortable with or where I'm unsure of myself, so... Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely can't stand singing in front of people. Like, I would rather, I don't even, I don't know, just insert euphemism here. Like, I would rather do, like, so many other things that... You would rather be in the coffin than sing at someone's funeral, to paraphrase no, Jerry Seinfeld. because I don't like, I'm claustrophobic, so no. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead in this scenario! I'm sorry, yes. I, yes, if I was dead, I would rather be in the casket <laughs> than... I totally missed that. Hey, it was wonderful. Hey, Tristan's friends. <laughs> you know something? You know if Tristan ever came up to a bear, <laughs> what would happen? Okay, we'll get back to that story later. Remind me about yeah, that. Yeah, I'll just go bears, right? Yep. <laughs> anyway, no, like, um, it's pretty well controlled as of like this moment. But I mean, the road to getting it manageable has definitely not been easy, mm-hmm. and. I'm certain that it will come and go. Like, you will, like, drive through rainstorms. You will drive through weather systems, to use comparisons. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I've yeah. had some depression issues, too. Some. I feel like anxiety and depression are, like, intrinsically linked. If you have the one, you have the other. Because, like, oh, you, have, you have all these rapid, shitty thoughts. Eventually, at least, you know, three out of nine are going to go inward and attack you. Right. So... And especially, like, for me, it's like, if I sit there and I just, I worry, I worry, oh my god, this, this, X, Y, Z, A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, it's easy for you and me, like, that kind of thing. That was my Jackson 5 reference. I got you, I got you. Not that that Um, (laughs) That, it's so mentally exhausting Mm. that I then don't have the energy to do something else, and because I'm not doing something else, I get depressed. Mm -hmm. Because I'm just, like, laying there in my own puddle of sad thoughts. And then I get depressed because I can't get out of that puddle of sad thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those, like, it just feeds off the other, I think. Mm-hmm. It's also this interesting mentality, at least with me, is, like, I feel guilty for feeling shitty sure. a lot oh, of the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're laying there, like, I can't do this thing. And then you go, oh, you should just pull yourself up. What are you doing with yourself? Come on, you're better than this. And you're just like, nope, turns out I'm not today. Sorry. Right. Uh. And, I mean, that happens to me, too. Like, the other day I was like, Oh, I should get up and go to Target, go grocery shopping. I'm not going to go, but you should go, but you need to go, but I don't want to go. So it was just like, by the time I had finished bitching with my own head, I, I could have been done. Like, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, I just wasted an hour. A lot of times it's kind of like a, like, you know, a five-year-old that doesn't want to clean their room. Yeah. Because if you, yeah, you get in that argument and stuff could have been done by then. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. And it yeah, is like you have Star Wars you, headphones on. Yeah, I do. I okay, do have sorry. Star Wars Continue. headphones on. Yeah, they're super bitchin' uh, 
orange X-wing Star Wars headphones. Oh, that's so from, exciting! From the Force Awakens. Oh my god. I, this is my second pair of them. I oh. didn't. I was like, they broke really quickly, and then I realized, oh, they're meant for children. That's why. <laughs> but my head is so small. How small is it? My head is so small that I can wear them. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just me talking about myself. All right. Uh, <laughs> gonna creak this chair more. That's good. That's okay. So you, yeah, it is this thing as well. And I mentioned this on the episode with Miles as well of the. People go, you're an actor, you, you're not anxious, you talk in front of people. It's like, well, that's, like, something you're in control of, kind of. And right, then, yeah. And then also, like, there's this something, a lot of the fear, uh, at least for me, is that people are talking about me, that they are paying attention to me, or that I want them to, and they're not. Like, it's trying to suss out what the situation is, so when I'm in front of people, I know I have their attention. Right. And I know it's okay. Um... But it is also this thing of, like, shy people make the best extroverts for brief moments because they are scared, so they have all this energy. Yes. Yes. Um, how has that been going, by the way, the stand-up? I know Goonies closed in Rochester, right? Yeah, I never really went there because it's a tough crowd. Yeah, yeah, that's putting it very lightly. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) I actually have not done it (laughs) since last year. Uh, That's fair. Because I kind of also hit a depressive patch for a little while there. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also, I just recently moved out of my parents' house, as you can see. Yes, it looks so, lovely. It's actually, not to be a super stalker, but it's like two blocks from where you used to live. It's like right over in that area, so. Huh. Yeah. Cool. So I actually drive by your old house, and I'm like, I know a bitch that used to live here. <laughs> anyway. A couple, I just, actually. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I just, hey, Molly. <laughs> also Miles. Well, Miles lived in our oh, basement for Oh, that's true. Oh, Yeah. Krista did too, but they're not bitches. You're the only one, but... That's fair. All right. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Good improv, good justification. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just... I I kind of got busy with other stuff, and it sort of fell by the wayside. And it's not Mm -hmm. that it wasn't successful or I want to do it again, because it was good, and I want to do it again. But especially, like, with where I am right now, I just... I don't really have time for it kind of focusing on other stuff but it was, it was fun it was it, it was a good experience I'm surprised that it went well I'm surprised that people laughed and I know that sounds like oh my gosh but you know you're funny no I don't like I rely I'm like Tinkerbell I rely on the laughter of other people so I don't die <laughs> like it's that kind of thing yeah so to have that well received was really positive for me and I, I mean I was like super anxious before I started it but mm-hmm. once I was up there I'm like nah I got this like I yeah. do it so that is always the most gratifying moment when you get that first laugh and you're like, oh, it's okay. You're like, oh my God, oh my God. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Now, let, now we, let's, let's play. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. So. Um, I always get nervous before I go on stage. Not that it's not going to go well, because I'm generally like, I, I got this. You know, yeah. it's okay. I think my jokes are funny. And if they're not, that's okay too. Right. Because I'll find an audience eventually, blah, blah, blah. But I'm always worried that I'm going to forget everything. Oh, sure. Because I, I'm pretty, like, if you've seen any of, yeah, you have, um, but if you go to YouTube and look me up and watch my stand-ups or stuff, I go very fast. And that's right. because I'm trying to say everything I can before I forget it. Because if not, I'm just oh, going to, sure. like, <laughs> it's just like, and I'm always worried that I'm going to miss an important part. But, yeah. Oh, it, yeah. It is also this thing of, like, a lot of people assume performers don't get anxiety before they... They go on stage, which is the dumbest thing in the world. Oh my gosh, you you almost have to have some anxiety. That adrenaline gets your energy up, and that's what makes the production, whether mm-hmm. it be stand-up or otherwise, that's what makes it move forward. 
Yeah, for sure. Channeling that fear into joy is always, it's a difficult thing, but you can do it alchemy-like. That being said, there are also people who are just so relaxed on stage that, like, it does draw you in. Yeah. But it's, those people seem rarer to me. But, like, Billy Crystal's one of those people. He just shows up and goes, I know, I got this. And right. you're like, you do. I feel like another actor, and I, I feel like this is my go-to reference, but he's so great. I feel like Patrick Stewart is just so comfortable in absolutely mm. everything he does. That is... So funny you say that, uh, because uh, he uh, is now, but for a while he has been very vocal about how uncomfortable he felt as a performer and as an actor. Really? Yeah. Oh, had yeah. me f- acting. Acting, yes. Um, but yeah, he was like, uh, he's done a couple of interviews where he's like, no, I, 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 I just, I didn't want to be myself, and that's why I did these things. And so, in a way, he was more comfortable because he wasn't like dealing with his shit. But yeah, right. he's got gotten better over the years he said which is wonderful and that's like jerry casper you know him yes yes um one of my old teachers he um he also used to say that acting is great therapy but not like in the method acting way of like you bring your bullshit with you right but in the opposite of like you leave it at the door you don't have to deal with it and you can just relax for two hours while you're working on something right Mm -hmm. i i completely agree like i Actually, one of the speeches I did in high school, competitive speaking, was uh, about method acting. And I'm like, that is one hell of a way to get into character. And I think <laughs> there are times and places for it. I, mm-hmm. I really do. But for me, I, I mean, first of all, I don't want to say I never had a role that demanded method acting. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't. And so I, I personally like roles where you can leave it at the door. I, mm-hmm. I like just, just like I'm here to do my thing. And it's also so much of, like, and that's kind of why I, like, uh, as much as I bitch about it, I like Meisner technique, and as much as it's just, like, what is directly in front of you, and deal with that, and that'll come, like, if you combine that specifically with, like, a little bit of, like, character actory bullshit while you're doing, like, an accent or a weird walk or something, I love it. Right, right. Yeah. Comedia. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Well, that, oh, okay, I shouldn't say comedia, because that's, like, that's, it's literally, like, it's drawn out for you, like, that's mm-hmm. written, so. It is literally drawn out, stand this way, please. It is, yeah, it you. is literally, like, here's the background of the character. Doesn't matter if that character is being murdered or making a pie, like, <laughs> this is El Capitano, <laughs> like, this is how this shit goes. <laughs> like, no changes. <laughs> Done. Thank you. Yep. Can you imagine El Capitano making a pie? Now I want to see that happen. Now, I can, but it would be rife with euphemism. It would have to be a cherry pie, or it'd be no good. Teehee. Yep. (laughs) So the writing came from the the starting in speech and stuff, and you just started writing speeches and got into it that way, and then you went to Wisconsin-Eau Claire for your thing? Yeah, sort of. Well, I should say, like, I think the first time I really knew in the back of my head that I wanted to be a writer mm-hmm. was in seventh grade, actually. So like 2003-ish. We had to do this assignment in English class where we had to rewrite Grecian and Roman myths. Fascinating. And I wrote it and I was like, woohoo, whatever, turned it in. And my teacher pulled me aside and said, I can hear you talk when I read what you're writing. And I'm like, hmm. And she says, you're a really good writer. I'm like, well, well, shit. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that when I was that age. And then I went home and... <laughs> no. Well, shit. Thank you well, very shit. much, miss. <laughs> Still good. <laughs> anyway. I have a question. Every boy. Oh, my God. 
head. My blood hurts. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Floor dog. Bom, bom. <laughs> that just like took a like a I can't math. I'm gonna say maybe like 720. I don't know. <laughs> like it turned around a lot. The Tony anyway. Hawk of riffing. Anyway, continue. <laughs> anyway, so I went home and I was like, Mom, my teacher said I can write, and she's like, Oh. Yes, you can. I'm like, well, that's nice. But I still, I still want to be an actor because, and when I was that age, I was like, I'm gonna win an Oscar. And like, you know, you stand in the shower and you cry mm-hmm. and hold your shampoo bottle. You're like, oh my gosh, I want to thank my mom and Jesus Christ. Like, you like, <laughs> you like play that out in your head. Don't even lie. Like, you've done yeah. it. You've done it. For, oh, for I don't sure. know. Everybody who has been on stage oh. has probably done it. So. Oh, for sure. Um, and she said, you know, you can win those for writing. Right. And I was like, you don't say. And then, of course, like, I took a shower that night. I'm like, I can't believe I wrote Best Picture. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. So I kept taking showers to feel this good about myself. <laughs> right. So I think it was from that moment on where I was like, writing is something I'm good at, and I can mm-hmm. make a living from it. Or at least a loving, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Oh, yeah. Make a sweet, so sweet then loving. when I hit high school, um, it was actually with the Rochester Post Bulletin. Oh, I got... Damn an internship where I got to write every month about my feelings and thoughts and stuff. Like it was just mm-hmm. an op-ed column. And then with the speech writing and all that, I just, I was like, this is something that really interests me. So <laughs> I started out creative writing, but my cohort, they were all really fucking mean people. So I switched to journalism. <laughs> I was about to ask, why did he switch to journalism? I switched to journalism mostly because... Being journalistic was something I was a little bit better at, mm-hmm. like more factual reporting and interviewing and researching. Because that's a lot of what I did in speech was like interviewing and then like writing it down. But yep. also because my cohort was just so mean. I was like, <laughs> I can't spend four years with these people. <laughs> these were people who were like, they would write, uh, not okay, all writing in its own way is good. But these are people who are like writing poems like, oh, my black blood drips from my vampire heart kind of stuff. <laughs> And I was like, oh my god, this is fucking terrible. And then Teenagers. I'd write some really clever poem about a guy who was scared by a cheeseburger, and they're like, the fuck is this shit? Like, <laughs> Okay, I need you to record <laughs> that poem, or write it, and send no, it to like, me I'm to serious. put it at the end of this. Because the challenge was, that creative assignment, that creative writing assignment, the challenge was, you cannot use any of these 50 words, and you have to tell a story. And I was like, oh. done. So I did it about this guy that sounded like he was going to get murdered, but it ended up being like a cheeseburger in a shoebox. It was like the coolest shit I've ever written. <laughs> and my teacher was like, this is amazing. And then my class was like, I don't get the meaning behind this. I'm like, there's no fucking meaning. Listen to Weird Al. You'll get it. <laughs> I'm like, I'll find that. I will find that. And I will, I will perform that spoken word. <laughs> Please do it. Because uh, it is like there is this, I, I feel like a lot of people don't understand that there is this thing with absurdism that it does mean something. And it does. It, and the meaning is nothing means anything. Yeah. Isn't life dumb? That's why I mean, the dough is my favorite. Like, right. Oy. I mean, if they wanted me to be technical, I could be like, it's a poem about how much I fucking hate all of your poetry. <laughs> and so Roses maybe, are... you, know, you know what? Maybe that's why I don't like poetry is because... People think because it's bad invisible. when it's actually really good. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I recently read *Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas*. Oh, yep. Yep. Um, Thompson, right? Yeah, Hunter S. Thompson, and yep. he claims to be a journalist. 
gonzo journalism yeah but i I don't believe that's actually what is that about like why did we decide this was okay please give me the history on this (laughs) i wish i knew um (laughs) (laughs) i i don't but (laughs) i have no clue i i honestly i don't know enough about quote unquote gonzo journalism but Mm -hmm. i think that dude is really interesting yeah i think he's a very captivating writer in his own way but i from my academic background i would not call that journalism (laughs) i would call that like i wouldn't either but i call it like quasi absurdist realism (laughs) almost like (laughs) like it's a mix of like what the fuck is this guy doing but this is what he did like so (laughs) he actually experienced this so is it what Mm, okay then it's more like autobiographical Mm-hmm. But it's not that that's not journalism. It's just like it's weird to do a journalistic piece on yourself, kind of. So yeah, I don't so, know. Um, there's a really good documentary about him. He was a very fascinating guy. But like, it was. Oh, I like saw I was that not... documentary. Yeah, where with a uh, J Depp and all that. Yep. Anyway, yep. It's really good. This is something I meant to ask earlier, but totally forgot. Because you have like a real kid job. You have like a proper like you could make it a career job. You work at a hospital, right? Yes, I do. And um, how do you, like, I know how I deal with uh, feeling anxious and stuff at my my work, but, like, how have how do you deal with that and how have people received that? Because, like, there is this thing of a lot of the mentally mental illness documentaries that you see. You see a lot of, like, actors and writers and all these artists, but you don't see the other side of it of, like, here's a, a sheet worker who doesn't feel good or whatever. Sheet worker's a thing, right? I don't know. Yeah, sheet metal people, welders. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thought welders. A builder. Builder? Oh, this, yeah, this builder with obsessive compulsive disorder it doesn't like his life much. Sounds like... Anyway. I still can't do Australian accents. I tried. Like, okay, I'm no. working, but... I mean, no. I'm not even going to try. All right. You know, my job that I'm in right now, you actually lived with me for the last job I had, and you yeah. know, like... I'm not going to go into detail about it, but it was literally, like, the shittiest thing I've ever done in my life. Like, it was just awful. Like... I was treated like garbage. I felt like garbage. I was garbage to everyone else. It was just a big heaping pile of trash, like, the yes. whole time. And I, pub- I, I publicly apologized for being an asshole when I was there, but I was, so, <laughs> I was so grumpy, and I was so sad, and I was so stuck. Like, I just didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So then when I came to this job, it's almost like I had residual anxiety and anger for a few mm-hmm. months, and it took me a long time to be able to come to work and not be, like, cripplingly anxious. Because it was kind of those residual, like, what what if this is a repeat of what I just did? Mm-hmm. What if I'm not going to like it? What if I moved back home for no reason? Blah, blah, blah. Like, all these uncertainties. So it took me a long time to really, like, settle into what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And now I have no problem with it. I mean, it's not what I want to do for a living, but it, it's paying my bills. And mm-hmm. it keeps me it keeps me busy. I like the people I work with. And what I do is not difficult work but it's it can get busy which is fine but i think i totally just missed the question oh addressing anxiety with it okay but like yeah how do you deal with it on a day-to-day basis are your coworkers like what's that um i mean i'm really some of my my close coworkers, my other six team they all they all know that Mm -hmm. i have anxiety and you know you'd be surprised like some of them do too like we all have our anxieties with work because i mean work in its own right can be really vulnerable like you're doing something else for someone else how they want it done. Like there's mm-hmm. a loss of control there that I think a lot of people with anxiety experience. Like I have to do something their way. Oh my gosh. I blah, blah, blah. So it's like, you have to learn how to do it. And I think in that sense, it can be an anxious situation, but 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I just handle it like I've just told myself, like, how many times have I walked through those doors and gone up to that unit? Like at this point, you know, like I know now I can do what I do. But I mean, for days where it's really bad anxiety, um, just like take a minute, just be like, I'm going to go for a quick walk or I got to I'm going to go check the weather. I'm going to go. I got to go make a phone call quick. Mm-hmm. And you just talk yourself through it. Like I'm I'm pretty OK at like breathing techniques and calming myself out of panicky feelings. Mm-hmm. but that's with what like five six years of practice yeah so yeah. but i mean despite working for a rather busy hospital um they're pretty understanding because mm-hmm. at the same time i am around healthcare people mm-hmm. so they know that it's not like hold on was that a cat or did somebody just yell um there are children outside schools just got out oh okay anyway <laughs> um yeah I, I mean nobody's like you can't not take care of your feelings Okay. Like your health is very important yes. and they get that because it is a healthcare facility. Good. Like in that sense. But it's also really vulnerable to say like, Hey, I'm feeling panicky. I need to go sit in the back for a minute. Like yeah. that's yeah. scary. Cause it's like for as much as we see like all sorts of healthcare cases, it's still just so awkward to talk about mental health. And I don't, I don't get it. I've never understood why. I think it's um, a lot to do with the fact that you can't see it. And, and so people don't believe people. Oh, I totally. I agree. I th- yeah, that's probably it. I think that's the main reason. And then also, like, there's a huge stigma on it because, like, the way we decided to deal with it early on with, like, institutionalizing people and... Like... Sanitariums! Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And you know what? That's the reason we have ghost adventures now. That's true. They're all haunted. Yep. But now, like... Like, okay, yeah. so here's the thing about ghost adventures. Okay, I, on the one hand, like, I think I've been over this with you before. <laughs> like, on the one hand... <laughs> Sorry, I'm choking my own spit. I just got really excited. <laughs> it's okay. Like, <laughs> on the one hand, I'm like, this is the dumbest fucking show I've ever seen. But I can also, on the other hand, cannot tell you how many documentaries I have watched God. about Bigfoot. And God, yeah, it's totally real. <laughs> right? Like, it's it's hypocritical of me to be like, well, this is dumb. But on no. the other hand, I'm like, oh, but I believe in aliens. Uh, like, No, I, I totally know what you mean. Because, like, I was talking to somebody and they're like, I can't believe you fucking believe in ghosts. It's so stupid. And then, like, ten minutes later, they're like, yeah, UFOs. I saw one. <laughs> I'm like, so you believe aliens are real? But you're telling me that ghosts aren't? Like, you just sit down in the back and think about what you just insulted me for earlier. <laughs> like, Please and thank you. Rhymes with but, schmipocrit. No, I, like, I, I don't know if I believe in Bigfoot. Like, I, I mean, like, I can see where it would happen, but... Yeah, I can see there's an inter... If there's an internal logic to it, I can generally get behind it. Whereas ghosts is kind of like, since it is literally ethereal and otherworldly, we're kind of like, ah, about it. Um, but it also is this thing of, uh, I feel like a lot of... It's kind of related in a weird way to what we're talking about. Like, a lot of, like, early, like, demon sightings and stuff like that. Or people sure. who were professed, possessed were just, like, schizophrenics or people in a manic episode or whatever. Certainly. And there are a lot of stories of young people, not even, you know, like, a bunch of people getting, like, exorcisms when I'm sure they just had, like, really fucking awful bipolar or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's really sad. Like, what would they say about me if I was... Like Salem, they'd be like, "Burn the witch!" But <laughs> yep, very much so. Um, it's a weird thing, but uh, so what we weird. Talking? Oh yeah, the way we we dealt with it in the past wasn't good, and I feel like that's carried over because like the the word like crazy or insane or mad or whatever you use is like very it, it hurts a lot, and it's it it's does. It, it's a weird thing to deal with because like 
it, it, it's dismissive of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. It's like you're not, what you're doing isn't valid. You're acting crazy. That's what people say when they don't agree with someone. Right. Yeah, I feel what it kind of feels like. That's crazy. Like, how would you even say such a thing? It's like, well, my brain parts just spit it out of my mouth. Yeah, it's like, I formulated that thought, and even if it was stupid or ill-worded, it was still a thought. Or even, if it, like, oh, uh, even if it was, like, a misperception as well, like, that's how I feel, you can't tell me, like, you can go, oh, that's actually not what happened, and then I have to deal with that. But, like, the thing I'm feeling is valid because I'm feeling it, and that's how feelings work. Right. Um, kind of, like taking like a small like frontage road detour if we're on like the highway of this conversation so it's like running parallel to it um Mm -hmm. did you ever get like really i don't know where that analogy came from (laughs) that was good (laughs) um did you ever get like really offended or upset when people called you weird or i'm sorry were you ever called weird (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) that that check and balance was amazing um hold on uh, (laughs) i i I, I used to a bit, but then I realized then, yeah, I, I realized pretty quick that I think differently than most folks. And so it was just like one of those things of like, of course they're going to. I'm abnormal, so that's fine. Um, right. But also being homeschooled when we called each other weird, like it was family most of the time. Right. Um, and then also, I don't know if you know how the homeschool community works, but um, no one called me weird. They just didn't talk to me and didn't invite me to things. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. Like, you get the double whammy of homeschooled and then also Midwestern, so super passive-aggressive oh, and confrontational. Now I know what you mean. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah, um, but a couple of times people are like, you're really odd, and I'm like, oh, sorry, I can't, uh, okay. But yeah, did you, is that why you're bringing it up, or were you just curious? No, I, yeah, I brought it up because um, you were talking about, like, saying someone is crazy or mad or... Mm-hmm bonkers or whatever you want to say but yeah like i used to really struggle with being called weird Mm -hmm. because for me what what people thought was weird for me was normal Mm -hmm. like for me it was like totally normal to just like hang around eat doritos and watch really old mickey mouse cartoons like i still do that and everybody's like that's really weird i'm like what's weird about it and it was it was odd because even like adults like teachers would call me weird and i'm like i don't well that's not good it, it, I mean, whatever. On the, no, <laughs> but, like on the teacher's end. I'm like, you should. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I guess I don't understand what makes me different because this is the only me that I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe that trickled into some anxiety stuff too. But when I was younger, but now I'm kind of like, oh, you think I'm weird? All right. Well, no Doritos for you. Like, <laughs> you don't need to join me. Oh, two things one um when people go oh you're weird i'm like you haven't even seen the half of it and then i lift the lid of my mind up a little bit more and they're like oh fuck no um the other thing is i feel like just leaning into who you are as a person is the like the good qualities of yourself obviously if you're an asshole fix it but like if you're odd or weird (laughs) like lean into it and just be like this is who i am this is what i like and that's fine yeah Um, and i mean weird is objective too like one person's mm -hmm. weird is another person's normal like i don't think you're weird but other people are like the fuck is wrong with tristan like oh that's that's, that's their thing like i don't care <laughs> Thank you for being my advocate. <laughs> Backhanded no, advocacy. Yeah, it was one of those things as well, though. Like, I'm, I'm talking a bit more about this. All my social anxiety comes from 
comes from the, the growing up with homeschoolers and like being ostracized and not knowing sure. how to function. And so like I know a lot of what you're saying is probably a lot of the anxiety does come from that part because like it's it kind of has to because when you yeah are ostracized you're like what am i doing wrong what am i doing wrong what am i doing wrong how can i fix it how can i fix it and then you're just constantly in panicky problem solving mode all the time oh yeah i completely get that yeah and it's rough because then like it's interesting miles and i were talking about this about like we solve it in different ways we both have that kind of social anxiety and he he gets quiet he doesn't say anything whereas i just can't stop talking because i'm like one of these things that i'm saying is bound to hit oh sure yeah it is like this weird thing yeah i'm more like miles in that sense where it's like i don't talk because it's like one of those things where it's like you're like hey i like your dress and then they don't hear you and you're just like oh fuck (laughs) like whereas you'd be like i love the cut i love the pleats it's Mm -hmm. a great flattering pattern it has pockets (laughs) all dresses that have pockets are important yes all fucking they should fix women's clothing it's got batteries? No. Batteries? <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, I know, right? I, uh, um, I'm really upset because he came to town, Weird Al Yankovic, I mean, um, and I, I couldn't see him, but I was very upset. Uh, yeah, I missed him, too. Oh, my God. What a, what a creative genius. I, it's so weird. He's so odd. Obviously. It's, um, it's, he talked to like uh, Chris Hardwick briefly about it. I think Chris Hardwick about it. He's like, you know, there's there's probably definitely something wrong with me, but I'm not really going to address it because I've been living my life and it's been fine. Like, well, yeah, which is an amazing like like he just lucked into a career that just allows him to be himself fully. And I think that's the kind of the ideal for everybody. Right. Yeah. And I mean, literally Weird Al, like mm-hmm. he owns it and he has kind of that attitude that I wish I could just have where it's like you know what i am weird i don't care but to me he's not weird he's just al <laughs> no that's my brother i can't get those two confused Ugh. like with him i'm sure part of that moniker had to do with like the music industry like oh, yeah sure. he's doing it still even now it it, it is quote-unquote weird like mm-hmm. it is different but it is what he, I mean, nobody does it like he does. Nope. Like, let it happen, you know? I do. Like, he also was saying on the same interview, like, he, I've gotten so many people asking me, like, a reality show to find the next Weird Al Yankovic. And I'm like, I will do that when I am done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people that kept coming to him was like, I haven't released an album in five years. That doesn't mean I'm done. It just means I haven't thought, thought of anything good yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, when that does happen, if that does happen, I want to be on that. Do it. Do it. it. Oh my God. I would, I would support you fully in that endeavor. So what's, okay. What's the bear? What's the bear story? Tell them the bear story. Okay, folks. So we're going to have a moment. We're going to talk about Tristan and pretty much the funniest shit he's ever said in his life when (laughs) he didn't even mean to. He's being like totally serious. I was like. Okay, now I gotta think. Okay, so we were in the cafeteria at John Marshall High School, Rochester, Minnesota, Mm -hmm. somewhere, like, in the middle of it, and I don't know how we got to the subject of, like, bears and stuff, but he says, if a bear were running at me, no, okay, I I was standing on the edge of a cliff, Mm -hmm. and a bear came at me. And I hate bears. Yes, he hates heights, heights, and bears. So he says, if I was standing on the edge of a cliff, and a bear came running at me, I'd shoot myself. And I'm like, hang on a second. (laughs) If you were holding a gun and a wild animal was charging at you, why wouldn't you shoot the wild animal? 
Why wouldn't you move off to the side and let the animal run off the cliff? Why would your life have to be taken out of this equation when there are at least two better options to remove the bear and walk away from the cliff alive? (laughs) Like, it was just such a fatal flaw in logic. And it was just, I, it was so funny. Like, whenever I'm sad and like, in my darkest moments, looking out the window when it's raining and Hey There Delilah is playing. Like, I just I just think of that story and it's like the clouds just clear up. I'm just like, and I feel bad exploiting such a horrible logic hole, but it's so funny. It's fine. I mean, I don't want to be condescending, but it was kind of cute. It was just kind of like, oh, this young pup didn't think it through, but... <laughs> so funny. I gotta say, so if you're ever sad, just think of Tristan standing on the edge of a cliff with like a big old AK or something, or even like, <laughs> even like, no, no, okay, something more comical. I don't know why I'm picturing you dressed up as Elmer Fudd right now, but that's even better. <laughs> and then, I'm hunting bears. <laughs> Be very, very quiet. I'm feeling slightly suicidal. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, like, so that's that story. Yep. It's and truly one of the it's the best. <laughs> I think it's a good example of also like panicky brain. Cause like I put yes. myself in that scenario, I'm like, oh what would I do? I'm just like, I can't deal with this. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> Looks like it's the up for old Tristan. <laughs> like oof. But then it's like you'd be dead and the bear would probably eat you and then push your remains <laughs> off the cliff. So it's like you lost <laughs> the worst in thing three was... ways. The bear got you, the heights got you, and you're dead. Like, like the bear eats me, a... all of me, and then slips and falls off the cliff, and I end up falling to my death anyway. Yeah, it's a lose-lose-lose situation. <laughs> just... I think that's why it's like, what? <laughs> what was just said? <laughs> so, um, we gotta wrap up pretty quick here, but um, okay. before we do, um, you mentioned like you had five years of practice, you've been like in and out of therapy a fair amount, right? And can do you have anything that you can pass on to people and let them know like stuff you've learned from that and what's good for you? Sure. Um, first of all, um, I give talk therapy my whole hearted blessing. Um, totally different from medication therapy. I know some people aren't comfortable with it or it hasn't worked for them. But I'm just talking about, like, getting the opportunity to sit down with a licensed professional and just kind of, like, bitch for an hour about your feelings. Mm -hmm. Or, like, start with a plan of treatment. Like, how can I build my self-esteem? How can I address situations that cause me panic? Like, that kind of thing. So I would say definitely consider that. I think talking to an objective third party is very important. Not that your friends can't be helpful, but, I mean, that's what they're trained to do. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said... You may have to go through a couple to find one that's a good fit for you. Um, The one I'm seeing right now is absolutely awesome. Like, she's just such a good person, and she's a good listener, and she offers constructive things to do. So, for me, that's kind of been, like, really helpful. Um, I I do take meds. That does help the brain part of it get fixed because mm-hmm. it is it is a physical illness like you, like you said earlier you can't see it but it is mm-hmm. but um so i would say definitely talk to somebody and also don't be embarrassed that you have a mental illness it's nothing to be ashamed of i mean you wouldn't hide in your room because you had say like a lung problem like you might just i mean it, it's an illness and it should be treated as such like don't be afraid to ask for help don't be afraid to talk to someone about it or seek options that are are not life threatening like, just, just talk to somebody. Just reach out and get help, and you'll get through it. It, it sucks, but you, you'll be a better person when you come out the other side. You'll learn a lot about yourself. Some things you do want to learn, some things you don't, but you'll be, you'll be fine. And I know it's such a broad statement to say you'll be fine, but you will. So. All right. Good. Woo! Woo! 
Is there like anything else you want to touch on before we we call it good? Sure. If there's something you enjoy doing that helps you with your mental health, keep doing it. Like if you have an activity that makes you really happy, like acting or writing or watching movies or reading books, exercising, do it. Just keep doing it. Don't stop doing it because it will become your constant and you will be surprised at how much you improve or change at it. Mm -hmm. Like my writing has gotten so much better now that it's something I focus on when I'm anxious. Mm -hmm. Dope. Dope, dope, dope. Thank you very much for being on. And Thanks for having me. I'm sorry I insulted you for an hour and one minute. You know? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That's definitely what this was. No, man. I know. Um, but uh, hopefully this, this sounds good, looks good, so I can start doing more Skypes. And if you want to do this um, again, let me know. Both yeah, as sure. like a podcast and then also as like, if you, you want to like talk. Just talk. Oh. You, we, we, don't have to yeah, we don't have to record everything we do, but... Uh, well, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Don't know why I turned into socially anxious Arnold Schwarzenegger there, but I did. But <laughs> I don't know how to talk to people. Okay. Uh, anyway, um, thanks. Cool.